We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome in to Lakers Nation Live. I am Trevor Lane. You can find me over on X at Trevor underscore Lane on Instagram, on threads, on Facebook at Trevor Lane NBA. The Warriors take on the Lakers in this one coming to L.A. The Lakers, unfortunately, taking the loss, though. Eh, if you watch the game, the Lakers starters, their rotation guys did just fine. In fact, handled more than handled the Golden State Warriors. It was only when the Lakers put in their G League team that essentially things started to fall apart. So all in all, a really solid performance from the Lakers in this one. I have some questions defensively about this team, and that's something that we need to get into on this show in addition to a number of other things. But welcome in, first and foremost, to all of you joining the show live, coming in from YouTube, of course, from X, from Facebook. Welcome in. I'll be taking your questions and comments for the next uh, 45 minutes to an hour or so. A lot to break down in this game. A lot of stuff that we need to talk about. And I think off the top, we need to talk about who did not play in this one. So we can do a little injury update here. So we had no uh, Gabe Vincent. Obviously, this is a preseason game. No Gabe Vincent, no Jared Vanderbilt, no Cam Reddish for the Lakers. So you've got uh, LeBron playing, played the first half, Anthony Davis playing. You've got D'Angelo Russell, Austin Reeves. Most of your main guys are playing, but no Gabe Vincent, so you don't have your backup point guard. And I thought that was noticeable for some certain stretches of this game. The Lakers could have used one more ball handler out there on the floor. Also didn't have Cam Reddish, of course, who's still dealing with that ankle injury. And then we actually got, even though he didn't play, we got some good news on Jared Vanderbilt that Vando is still dealing with this heel issue. But the Lakers aren't worried about the start of the season, which look, every pre he played in game one of preseason, hasn't played since. Every preseason game he misses, we get a little bit closer, a little bit closer to that October 24th season start date. And so you get a little bit more nervous that, uh-oh, could this, could this creep into the regular season? Word coming from the Lakers is that they're not worried about the start of the season. This is just about keeping the mileage off of Vando, making sure that the heel, uh, the heel heels, I suppose, fully. And so it's not something to necessarily be concerned about. So sigh of relief there. Sounds like Jared Vanderbilt is going to be just fine. But 
did he lose a starting spot in the process? Should Torian Prince be in the starting lineup for the Lakers, who had a heck of a game? I'm going to dive into the stats in just a moment because we've got a lot to get into. But first, let me take this super chat here. Welcome in again, all of you who are contributing with super chats and chat questions in general. Uh, really love this Lakers squad. We just have real good players, one through 10. Love D'Lo uh, playing. Our ceiling is so high when he plays well. JHS is looking like a scrub. All that training camp hype, I just don't see it. You know what? Most of the comments, because the end result was a Lakers loss, right? That was the end result. That was the final score. And the last thing we saw was the fourth quarter, and it was kind of rough for Jalen Huchipino. And so most of the comments, that I'm seeing right now in the chat are anti-JHS. That's what I'm seeing a lot of right now. And I get it. It's frustrating, right? When the team builds up a lead and then you see the G League guys losing that lead. Frustrating. Understand it. Understand. I was frustrated too. I was frustrated too. But we need to focus on when the real players were on the floor, what happened? The Lakers more than handled the Warriors. So that's the most important takeaway from this. Once the South Bay Lakers came in, then the Warriors wound up winning. And again, the Warriors for the second game in a row, they kept third-year player Jonathan Kaminga on the floor. They kept third-year player Moses Moody on the floor. They put Rudy Gay, who's played in the NBA for like 35 years, out into the game. Guys who know what they're doing against rookies who, frankly, don't know what they're doing. Because they're not supposed to. Don't know what they're doing just yet. And again, that's the that's part of their plan. If they want to get Kaminga to feel good about himself and let him go, you know, beat up on some some rookies and things like that, that's fine. Look, that's that's their decision. There's nothing wrong with that. But the context matters, right? The context matters when the Lakers guys were in and the Warriors guys were in. The Lakers were doing just fine, and I think that's the the important takeaway from this game beyond the South Bay Lakers losing to the Warriors. And the Warriors had some of their Younger guys in there too. Podzemski was in there, but also guys who've been in the league for a while. And I thought that was noticeable um, when they were out there. JHS is certainly something we need to talk about, and we'll get into him a little bit. Almost to add insult to injury, the way the game fit, he could not buy a but couldn't get anything to drop. It felt like finally got a little shot in the lane. And then, and then the Lakers are down four, and JHS pulls up from three releases it after the shot clock expires bottom drains it couldn't hit a shot all game hasn't been able to hit a shot for like three or four games now the shot that comes after the hot shot clock expires net i don't know <laughs> i don't know at that point i just threw my hands up we were over on playback playback.tv slash lakers nation watching the game and all i could do was laugh all I could do was laugh at that, that point because go figure, JHS, who's just, he's dying for something to go down for him. And the shot he drains, it's after the buzzer. Absolutely brutal. Absolutely brutal. All right, let's get into, before I get into the stats, let's get into our, one of our awards because that's going to get us into our stats. Let's do the Superstar of the Night. Superstar of the Night. Superstar of the night going to the best player of the game. Remember, in most cases, let's face it, LeBron or Anthony Davis will win this award. But that doesn't mean they are exclusively eligible to win this award. Not so. You look at this stat sheet here. Anthony Davis, 13 points, six boards, four assists, one steal. He had a fine performance. One of two from three. 
He continues to be able to hit from behind the arc. Three of eight from the field is not ideal, but still overall pretty solid night for Anthony Davis. Torian Prince. Torian saying, start me. Give me the starting job. Five for six shooting, four of five from three, 17 points. He did get lost a few times defensively. That's something to keep an eye on, but two steals for him. LeBron, 12 points, five assists, played 18 minutes. Uh, Austin Reeves, 16 points, three boards, three assists, two steals. I thought he had a fine performance here in this one. 13 points off the bench for Christian Wood. And finally, Christian Wood, the seal is broken. He hit a three, knocked in a three. His first three as a Laker, one of two from deep in this one to go along with, again, those seven boards. Uh, but the guy who I think is the superstar of the night, it may not jump out of you on the stat sheet. 12 points, four rebounds, six assists, two steals, five of eight shooting, two of four from three. My superstar of the night, it's deloading himself, D'Angelo Russell. D'Angelo Russell gets the superstar of the night. The reason why he's getting it is because we saw D'Lo doing things that we don't necessarily usually see him do and that are things that he needs to do to get his game to the next level. And I'm talking about defense. We saw him making plays on the defensive end of the floor. We saw plays, in fact, where you went, oh, yeah, D'Angelo Russell does have a 6'10 wingspan. He used those long arms to his advantage. I thought D'Angelo Russell had a really solid performance. Again, doesn't necessarily jump out on the stat sheet, but when I add in what he did on the defensive end of the floor to the things we saw him doing offensively, I think D'Angelo Russell was the superstar of the night in this one, and I sure hope this is something that continues. This is now four solid performances for D'Angelo Russell, and solid is underselling it. He's been excellent four games in a row it is preseason i was preaching this before we even started the preseason don't overreact to what we see in preseason basketball but this is four games where we really couldn't ask for anything more from d'angelo russell on both ends of the floor and i think that's key to his progression as a player it's key to the lakers and their progression this season how far they're going to go if they continue to get this defensively out of d'angelo russell i'm not saying he's a great defender now but he's been pretty good. He's been pretty, and we saw that in this game. You know what? I really appreciated, really appreciated the honesty we saw from D'Angelo Russell. I believe it was yesterday when he came out and he said, no, this was after the um, after their game against the Kings, when he said that his goal is to not be a liability on defense. He just, he doesn't want to get played off the floor because of his defense. So clearly what happened in the Denver series he took it to heart. He's been working it. You can see it. He's putting in the effort on the defensive end of the floor. He understands. He's very well. I'm so impressed with this. He is so self-aware. He knows he's not fast. He can't jump as high as other guys. He's not as quick as other guys. That means he's got to do other things to be able to make an impact on the defensive end. He's got to use that wingspan. He's got to use his positioning. He's got to beat guys to spots. And so far, he's doing that. He's doing that in preseason in addition to the offensive game that we've been seeing from him. Really impressed with what we've seen out of D'Angelo Russell. All right, I've raved about him enough here. Uh, Demoy Hodge, nice to see him get back going from deep. Two for six, eight points for him. Again, he's, he's going to be a G League player. Max Christie, two of three from deep. You know what? 19 minutes, two of three from deep, six points. You don't see much on the stat sheet. 
he had a very tough challenge for a good chunk of the game, chasing around Steph Curry, and I thought he did pretty well there uh, defensively. So I do have some bigger issues on the defensive end of the floor to talk about, but I thought that Max Christie had it, even though the stat sheet doesn't show it, I thought he had a nice bounce back. And then Colin Castleton, his best preseason game so far, seven boards, two blocks, eight points on four or five shooting in just 12 minutes. Solid performance there out of Colin Castleton in the middle. And I can't just forget it. Rui, it was kind of a quiet performance for Rui, but eight points, three boards, one assist, one steal, one of two from deep and two of five from the field. All right, let me jump back into some of our super chat questions here. Oh, no. This guy, is, is his username is Trevor Lane is the GOAT, but he says jersey number zero is cursed because JHS is wearing zero. And we all know the last guy that wore that, Russell Westbrook. I hope that's not it. I hope that's not it. I hope it's not just a curse on jersey number zero. That's not ideal. Uh, Mission 86 said, hi, what's the likelihood we see some semblance of a regular rotation in the last two preseason games? I feel like we need to start start prepping now. Thanks. Um, that's a great question. And I'll say the likelihood is low. The likelihood is very low. The reason for that being that Dave McMenamin already reported that LeBron James is likely to sit out Sunday's game against the Milwaukee Bucks. The Bucks are going to be playing both Giannis and Damian Lillard. That's already been announced. But it sounds like LeBron will not play. I'm not keeping an eye on social media right now, so it's possible Darvin Ham has already addressed this in the postgame, but sounds like LeBron not playing in Sunday's game. So the likelihood that we see a regular rotation in the last two preseason games, not high, but sounds like we will see a regular rotation on Thursday uh, against the Phoenix Suns. So a weird gap here for the Lakers. They play Sunday. So they've played every other day since preseason started. They're going to play Sunday, keeping on with that schedule. And then they get three days off. They play Thursday against the Suns. And then they don't play again until the 24th. So they've get they got a, they've got like an eight-day stretch where they only have one game in it. So that should give them plenty of time to go back into training camp, work on whatever they want to work on, get on the floor against the Suns, work against some things. I questioned whether or not the Lakers would, because Milwaukee is an Eastern Conference team, if they would treat that as their dress rehearsal for the regular season and then rest a bunch of guys against Phoenix. Sound like that's not what, what they're going to do. They're going to instead rest LeBron against the Bucks, and then we'll have probably everybody play against the Phoenix Suns, at least for part of that game before the regular season starts up on the 24th. Um, let me address something because I do see some people in our chat here that have the extra little badge. Uh, we did open up, we did open up just today we opened up memberships on the Lakers Nation YouTube channel. And I want to address this real quick. If uh, there's a video that's out on the YouTube channel explaining it, I put something in uh, the community section as well explaining it. There are some extra perks that we're offering for people who want to sign up for a membership with the YouTube channel. Um, but before I even get into what those are, I want to make sure that everybody is, is aware we are not taking anything away. That's not the goal here. We're not taking anything away that we already have been doing. We're just providing some extra content for people who want to provide some extra contributions and, and, and support the channel. So again, I was adamant about this. We did not want to take anything away that the channel is doing already. Nothing is going away. Everything is staying the same. We are going to be offering an extra show each week 
for uh, the starter tier, for the starter and the all-star tier, there's going to there's going to be not just one extra show, but for the all-star tier, there's going to be a second extra show. So you get a full extra show, an extra Lakers Nation show for the starter tier. And then for the all-star tier, you get that extra Lakers Nation show, plus you get a weekly preview breaking down all of the opponents the Lakers are going to see in the coming week. In addition to that, of course, you get emojis, you get badges that go by your name, which some of you guys can see in the chat. You get priority responses in the comment section. I can go through and see all of the members who comment on all of our videos and nation staff members can respond to all those. So there's that as well. And if you're in the all-star tier, I'm going to be relying on the all-star tier to bounce ideas back and forth. What, what kind of content do we want to see here and having people su supply some takes and helping us out creating some of this stuff. So that's going to be part of it as well. But once again, all of the stuff, all of the stuff that we have right now, and I can see this moment, we just had uh, trigger, for example, just became uh, a member. Um, the pricing, Carol Zarbano is asking, the starter tier is $4.99 a month, and the all-star tier is $7.99 a month. We didn't want to make it anything that's prohibitive or anything like that. But once again, this is just an extra thing. I am taking nothing away from anything that we were doing already that was so, so important. We didn't want to push a bunch of stuff we were already doing behind a paywall and that suddenly it changes and and all that kind of no it's staying the same we're just providing extra content and extra opportunities um for this membership so we decided to give this a shot and give it a try and so far we've been getting a pretty good response but just wanted to address that real quick and make sure everybody knows that that my goal from day one when we and i've been working on this literally for months to put this together and make sure we offered something that was valuable to the people who view our, our channel and are part of this and part of this community, we wanted to offer something that is valuable, not prohibitive with the cost, but also something where if you didn't want to be part of the membership, you still got plenty of value from the YouTube channel and you weren't feeling like you just got something taken away. Again, nothing has been taken away. All right, let's get into, and by the way, welcome in gaming for years, also became a channel member. All right. Let's get into a few more of these questions. And I also need to get into the star in your role. Comment says, JHS gives me chest pain. Let's see Scotty Pippen Jr. We saw Scotty Pippen Jr. I really, I'm at a point where I'm sympathetic towards JHS because he has to be so frustrated. He has to be so, fr he can't get anything to drop. And look, we, this time of year, we overanalyze every preseason game because we've been starved for basketball for months. And so every game, it's preseason. We go in knowing it's preseason. These games don't matter all that much. They're not, this isn't necessarily an indication of what we're going to see in the regular season. And yet still, still, it doesn't feel great when you see a guy who's missing a bunch of shots. I've seen other things that JHS has done really well. I've seen some good things defensively, some good passes that he's made. He had a really nice hesitation dribble in this game and then a nice drop-off path pass to Colin Castleton for a dunk. But the shot's not falling. The shot's not falling, and that was the, the concern of Lakers fans, the concern of Lakers Nation when he was drafted, that he's not known as a great three-point shooter. Why are the Lakers drafting a guy who can't shoot? And now his shooting has been far worse than anybody could have imagined, Right. Last I looked, his percentages were like in the teens. Not good. I also will say it's not sustainable. If you remember, there was a point last year, the beginning of the season, when the Lakers as a team 
their three-point percentage, like we're talking, this was like five or six games in, their percentage as a team was like 16%, something like that. It was something crazy. And we had this discussion a lot back then. I said, there was talk about, is this the worst shooting team ever, ever assembled? And I said, no. You look at the guys that are on the team at that point, it wasn't a good team, but they're not this or like they were so far below even the worst teams in NBA history in three-point shooting that you knew it was it was going to have to come up at some point. I think that's where we're at with JHS. And you know what? At this stage, with only two preseason games left, it may happen in the G League. It may happen in the G League. But his percentages are not going to stay this bad forever. They're going to come up. He is mired in a terrible, terrible shooting stretch. I'm not saying he's a good shooter. I'm saying I don't think he can possibly be this bad. He can't. He can't. He's a better shooter. I'm not saying he's a good shooter, but he's better than this. So if you're looking at him and saying, this is just what he is, I think that's a mistake. I don't think he is a historically bad shooter because that's what the numbers say right now. I think that this is still small sample size. And if we look, if we look back in June, on JHS and his start to the season and the season he ultimately has, we're not going to see a guy who shoots whatever he's at, 15% or something from behind the arc. We're going to see a guy who shot, again, may not be good, but he's not this bad. I'm expecting to see some positive regression coming here. Um, Denicio, or Denico Williams said, remember social media being flooded with D'Lo extra shots memes this summer? Guess all those extra social media shots paid off. Yeah, I mean, there was all the talk about D'Angelo Russell getting up extra shots between games and all that during the playoffs, and that was going to help him. And let's face it, D'Lo has had a rough summer. I've been talking about this all along. I've been talking about it all summer long, that we went too far. People were going too far with how much they disliked D'Angelo Russell that we were dismissing. All the great stuff he get, he did to help get the Lakers to where they got, to help get them to the Western Conference Finals. He had a terrible Western Conference Finals. It was four awful games. No getting around it. He was horrible. Plain and simple. But he's also a big part of the reason why they got there. So if you took the recency bias and you fell victim to that and you said, we just saw these four games, this is just what D'Angelo Russell is. He sucks. He's awful. Get this guy off the team. I had people tell me, I don't care if he walks away in free agency, despite explaining what the, the cap ramifications would be for the Lakers. If they did that, they, they wouldn't be able to replace him. Still had people saying, just let him walk. Sometimes we get too wrapped up in a few bad games. And yes, those were really bad. And that's at a terrible time. And I'm not saying you can just sweep it under the rug. But D'Angelo Russell was really good for the Lakers last season. And we went a little too far over the summer dismissing him. Now, I've talked a number of times about his contract and why I think between now and February, we're going to hear 50 different D'Angelo Russell trade rumors. But that's about his contract. It's not about his value as a player. That's the fact that the Lakers specifically negotiated out his ability to block a trade. They negotiated out his no trade clause, which the new CBA allows them to do. They only gave him a two-year deal, which he may have wanted just a two-year deal, but he's on a short-term deal compared to Vando, compared to Rui, compared to Austin. 
He's on a two-year deal. Has a player option after one year. Trade rumors are going to come up. But that's not about me thinking D'Lo is a bad player or thinking D'Lo doesn't fit with the Lakers. On the contrary, I think especially his offensive game is a fantastic fit with Austin Reeves. Defensively, sure, there's some question marks. And we're going to talk about the defense in just a minute. But we get too caught up in the small sample size and we go overboard on players because we're so determined to put them into one bucket or another to say this player's good and then we go too far. We go, he's the greatest. He's the best ever. We go too far. This player's bad and he's the worst. He's awful. Get this guy off my team. Where's the truth? Usually somewhere in the middle. Usually somewhere in the middle. We just push things a little too far to the extremes. D'Angelo Russell is a very good player. Is he always going to shoot 65% or 60% or whatever he's at from three in the pre, like right now in the preseason? No. But he's a better player than he was getting credit for during the summer. We talked a lot about this over the summer. He's a good player. He's a good player that can definitely help this Lakers team. Again, there's going to be a ton of trade rumors that still come up. That's because of his contract. He's a good player. I think they can help this team. And you know what? He's the guy that I'm rooting for. He's the guy after catching so much flack in the summer. I hope. Number one, I hope the Lakers win opening night against Denver. I hope the Lakers get in there and they ruin ring night for the Denver Nuggets. Wouldn't that be great? But number two, I hope D'Lo drops like 35. I hope D'Lo has an incredible performance and exercises those demons against the Denver Nuggets. Would love to see that. Love to see that. All right. Legend said JHS needs experience. Only one year of college. Yeah. Wise take there. Legend. Living up to your name. He's 20. He's 20. Don't write him off. Just like I'm saying, don't write off Cam Reddish. Cam, We've literally seen Cam Reddish play, what, 17 minutes of basketball for the Lakers? And people are saying, oh, get him off the team. Cut him. Too soon. It's too soon. Too soon to write off these guys. Too soon. Cam Reddish obviously has a longer NBA career to look back on. But sometimes we forget. Kobe airballed threes against the Utah Jazz in the playoffs as a rookie. In the playoffs. And look what he went on to become. I'm not saying JHS is Kobe. But don't be too quick to be out on a player, especially a young player. This guy's got a lot of time to grow and to develop. Is it frustrating? Hell yeah, it's frustrating when you're seeing a guy miss shots. But give him some slack. Give him some slack. Let's see what he can become. All right. Jason said, I think Huchifina will be fine in the future with experience. Uh, our regulars are really hitting their threes. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Look, the Lakers, their three-point shooting, much improved. Better than, better than I expected. Better than I anticipated so far from three. They've been knocking those in, and the threat of the three-point shooters has been opening up things in the paint as well. So that's something that I like to see. Um, the three-point shooting is really coming around for the Lakers, and that is going to go a long way towards, especially once we see you know AD playing 30 to 35 minutes, LeBron playing 30 to 35 minutes, we're going to see more instances where those guys have clearer paths to the basket because Torian Prince is on the floor. 
and he's such a threat because Austin's shooting six threes a game because D'Angelo Russell is hitting because all these other guys can space the floor for them. All right, let's get into another award here. Let's do the star in your role. Star in your role. Star in your role. Let's get into that. So this goes, for anybody who's new, this is the award we give to the guy who we thought played his role the best. Okay, this isn't necessarily a true star player, but a guy who got in and did what the team needed him to do. And in this game, I have a hard time not going with Torian Prince. Torian Prince, again, there were a couple of plays where he got lost defensively, and it was bad. But over the course of the game, he's pretty good. Five of six from the field, four of five from three, three or four at the free throw line, two steals, 17 points. Look, we're at a point. I'm worried that because Jared Vanderbilt is out of sight, out of mind, that we're just kind of handing the starting job to Torian Prince. Because who knows what Vando would be doing if he was on the floor right now. I think it's pretty clear it's not going to be Rui. It's not going to be Rui. And he was my pick over the summer to get the starting nod. But seeing the way this team is playing, it makes sense. If Rui was going to be the starter, he would be getting starter opportunities right now. He's not. I think he's going to be a scorer off the bench for the Lakers. I think he's going to be that guy the team can throw the ball to when the offense bogs down, when LeBron's not on the floor, when when Austin Reeves isn't on the floor, D'Lo's not on the floor. They can throw the ball to Rui and create something out of nothing. And that's not a bad, that's a great skill set to have. That's a valuable thing for a team to have. I think that's going to be Rui's role. So I really think it's down to Torian Prince and Jared Vanderbilt for the starting job. And looking at what Torian Prince has done for the last three games, Again, Vando hasn't been out there to defend himself. But Torian Prince is shooting extremely well. LeBron and AD thrive with shooters around them. I have to wonder, we'll see going into these last two games, did Torian Prince come in and take the starting job away from both the incumbent Lakers, Jared Vanderbilt and Rui Hachimura? I think he might have, based on how well he's been playing. Again, there were some hiccups defensively in this game. That doesn't show up on the box score. There were some hiccups defensively. But in general, Torian Prince, after having a horrific debut in which he was in foul trouble and couldn't stay on the floor, since then, three games in a row now, he's been fantastic. And I think he really fits well with this starting unit playing alongside LeBron, playing along, alongside AD. I think his his uh, length goes a long way towards helping with all of this. And the big question is just going to be defensively. Can he guard the other team's best wing player? If the answer is yes, he's very clearly the best three-point shooter among himself, Rui, and Vando. If he can guard the other team's best player, Torian Prince may indeed have just won that fifth starter job. We may be there. We may be there. He's been, look, he said his goal going in was to hit 40% from three. We know he, and that's not, that's not a crazy goal for him. 44% and up for three seasons in a row on corner threes. He's got the ability to do it. And so far, he sure looks like He's on pace to hit over 40% from deep. Now, 
I say it all the time. Three-point shooting is not a sticky stat. There's a lot of variations from game to game. He's been shooting the ball well the past few games. He's going to have some games where he shoots the ball poorly. That's just the nature of the beast. That's the way it goes when you're shooting threes. But he's enough of a threat out there, and he knocks down enough of them. And I think he's good enough attacking closeouts as well and getting to the basket that he is a real threat. Real threat. And maybe the favorite right now, honestly, to be the fifth starter for the Lakers. All right. Sir Harrow said, we haven't had a long winning streak in forever. What do you think the realistic longest winning streak of this squad, PHS, uh, PS, the JHS hate is starting to get in the kid's head? Chill out, Lakers fans. I don't, I don't know if JHS sees any of it. He may not. He may not. I'm sure he hears the groans from the crowd, but I don't know if he sees any of it online. Maybe he does. Maybe he doesn't. I don't know. Um, the longest winning streak. So I'm going to say their longest winning streak six or seven games. That's what I'm going to say. And that that is not about, I believe this is a quality team. I believe this is a team that can win a championship. I believe this team is deep. This has got good players. This is more about, I'm saying six or seven games and it feels a little bit light. I'm saying that because of how good the Western Conference is. This is how good the West is. It's going to be really, really tough. And I think things are going to be really close all season long. It's going to be difficult to string together wins because you're going to be playing more often than not. You're going to be playing good teams. This isn't the East. This isn't the East where you get games against Charlotte or against a Toronto team that's just okay, right? Even they're not even a you know one of the bad teams in the East. In the West, you're getting like the Wolves. Might people are picking them to be like the 11th seed. They're not even going to make the play in. People are picking. I think they're going to be better than that. But what are your easy games? The Spurs? They're better than they were last year. They got Wemby. I'm not saying they're good, but they're better than they were last year. The Rockets, they're better than they were last year. They picked up some guys. The Jazz, they just added John Collins. And they've got young guys who are growing and developing. They're probably going to be better than they were last year. Not saying they're going to make the postseason, but there's not many easy nights in the Western Conference. So I think a six or seven game winning streak is probably about the most we're going to see. Probably about the most we're going to see, if that. And again, that's not saying the Lakers are not as good as we think. I think they're very good. But I think the West is very loaded, and that's going to make things really difficult to pick up a long string of wins. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis. Analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, legend said, should LA go out for a non-guaranteed rebounding big? Maybe, but I think they should do that. If you're going to do that, that's more of like a November, December move, like kind of an emergency situation. If Christian would, by the way, I thought Christian Wood did a good job on the boards tonight, but if Christian Wood isn't getting the job done, uh, or somebody gets injured, that's when you go after a big. Otherwise, I think they're going to keep the roster spot open, that 15th roster spot. And then we're going to see the Lakers be a player on the buyout market in March. They're going to use that roster spot in addition to the extra money they can spend that they didn't use on Gabe Vincent because they didn't give him a full mid-level exception deal. They saved some money from that. So that's going to allow them to offer a little bit more than the teams that could only offer a veteran minimum deal. So that's what I think is most likely to happen. If they really get hit by injuries, maybe they'll go pick somebody up. But I think the team, most likely, it is what it is. This is what we're going to see from the Lakers this season. Mamba Mentality said, our rotational players outshine Golden State Warriors. Agree with that. Ham's got to practice end of the buzzer shots. And we saw the rookies play. Uh, to me, all in all, it was a good game. Yeah. In this game, like if you flip the score, if you don't change much about the game itself, Flip this. Let's say the foul committed to JHS that got overturned, which is probably going to be my master lock. Like, how this is two games in a row where we've seen officials um, review a play and still get the call wrong. It's the point of review. If you're still going to get the call wrong, JHS gets fouled driving to the basket. I don't know if he would have made the free throws or not, but he gets fouled pretty clear. You can see it on the review. Oh, no, call overturned. But, I mean, you might as well just flip a coin at this point. What's the point of having reviews? Anyway, but if you were to flip the score and have the Lakers just barely win, I think most fans would be really happy. And, I'm not, and most fans are happy right now with what we saw to the Lakers. But if you flip it to a win, just change a couple of points, right? Which, again, it's preseason. It doesn't really matter there will be a lot more people really excited about this, right? Because the end result was a win. And that's what sometimes we focus on a lot. And during the regular season, look, I, I get it, especially during the postseason. Yeah, did you win or did you not? It's not about did you play well or not. During the preseason, it's more about how they play. And I think Mamba mentality is spot on here. The Lakers, when their guys were in, their true rotation guys, 
not talking about JHS, I'm not talking about Maxwell Lewis, when their rotation guys were out there, the Lakers were better than the Warriors. That's what we saw in this game. That's what we saw. And I think that's a positive to take away. And Mama Mentality also chimes in with uh, our team chemistry this early on is fire. Yeah, agreed. Uh, agreed. The team chemistry, everything we're hearing from the players is what you'd want to hear about them enjoying playing together, about them having a good time being out there on the floor with each other. All of that, 100%. It's great to see. And you know what? I'll tell you this. I don't know what the end result is going to be. I don't know where this season is going. But the vibe from this team, the most, the team that I can compare it to the most, it's the 2019-2020 team. When I see the comments that are being made, the body language of these guys, the way they're interacting with each other, it feels like that team. Now, again, this that was a very special team. That was an outlier of a team. That team instantly gelled, had chemistry. I'm setting the bar ridiculously, unreasonably high. But that's the vibe around this team. And I don't know if they'll get there. I don't know if they'll get there. But that's the vibe I'm getting from this team in terms of the way they interact with each other. The 2019-2020 team is what they remind me of the most. Joseph said, it's way too early for the refs to be in the Warriors' pocket. What is this, 2015? Ugh, Joseph, I look, I was frustrated too. I was frustrated. It, again, a late... Perhaps it's a little bit of uh, PTSD. The Lakers had four games last year. Four games flip from wins to losses based on blown calls by the officials in the last minutes. That's me being a little generous. I've had some people tell me it's actually five or it's actually six. I've got four definite. So that being the context, it doesn't feel good when, again, in my opinion, they blow a call that they got to review and see again on tape. That was rough. That was rough. Tully said some of the no calls the Wiggins won on 80s dunk attempt. Hope this is ref's preseason form and not what we have coming for this season. Oh, Tully, I agree. Man, it's been rough. And you know what? Uh, sometimes I feel I feel like I you know, complain too much about the officials. I don't mean to. Um, it's a very difficult... I'm not saying in any way that I, I would be a disaster as a referee. I have no question. It's an incredibly difficult job. And no matter what you do, a lot of people are going to be mad at you, right? Just about no matter what happens, you're going to have a lot of people mad at you. It's a very, very difficult job. And the guys move so fast in the NBA. Things happen so quickly. And guys have be become so good at embellishing things, faking things that aren't there, or disguising things that are. It's an incredibly difficult job. So I try to have sympathy for the officials. But... When you have the benefit of replay and you can go watch that replay and you see the foul can occur on replay and then you go back and overturn the call that it was a foul, which the replay confirmed, that it blows my mind. That stuff blows my mind. Uh, I could be surfing, said Prince called his role in Minnesota a chameleon. And I think he's exactly that. Plays big too. I like starting him. Rui and Vando can anchor the bench. You know, I, I haven't heard him say that, but that's a great way to look at it. And that's really what the Lakers need. 
you need somebody who can blend in and do whatever it is the team needs. And this is something that Gabe Vincent has talked about. He's talked about how he'll be the best cheerleader on the bench. He'll be a guy who can go off and, and have a big offensive game. He'll lock down people on defense, whatever it is the Lakers need. That's what he's going to do. And that's, again, when we talk back to the 2019-2020 season, that's exactly the kind of things that that team was saying. Yes, that's where the star in your role award comes from. It's from Jared Dudley that season. That's exactly what people were saying and what that team was talking about. So I like hearing that from Torian Prince. All right, let's get into our final award of the night. That's everybody's favorite award. Again, make sure we're not wrapping up the show yet. We still have a little bit, but make sure you do stick around after the show because that's when we have the Lakers Nation post-post game show with Sean Davis. He'll be jumping in in just a bit. But let's get into the master lock of the night. I may have vented enough already, but here's the master lock. Master Lock of the Night. Master Lock of the Night. What is it that we're putting in the Master Lock? My good buddy, by the way, I just talked to him a couple days ago, Chris the Masterpiece Masters. He wants to jump back on a show soon. What are we putting in the Master Lock in this one? I'm seeing a lot, a lot of people saying Master Lock, the referees, uh, by the way, uh, starters and all-star tiers, there is a master lock emoji you can actually use, which is kind of cool. Um, they're working on, I've got my graphics guy. He's, there's already a Sean Sleepy Davis emoji, which I, I hope you guys bust out when he comes on. Um, they're working on a Trevor emoji. I don't know what it's going to look like yet. It's going to be a surprise. I'm, I'm a little bit nervous, but I can't wait to see it. Um, I'm seeing some people say Steve Kerr. I'm seeing some people say, uh, some people say free throws. Oh, free throws are a good pick. Free throws are a good pick. Oh, master locking Sean's Wi-Fi. He's not even on, and Sean is catching strays. <laughs> master lock Draymond Green, just for being Draymond. A lot of people saying master lock uh, JHS. You know what? I think for this one, for this one. I'm going to master lock Steve Kerr. Why not? I've done the referees a few times already. And you know what? Steve Kerr, do we, look, he's a good player. Do we really, really need to have third year players, Jonathan Kaminga and Moses Moody in against Lakers rookies, against their G League guys to pull away with the win? Is that really, does Moses Moody need to play 22 minutes in garbage time? Does Jonathan Kaminga need to play 27 minutes? against the Lakers backup guys. Is that really what we need to do? Like it's the Warriors choice. They get to put in whoever they want. But still, when it's clearly garbage time and you're seeing guys out there that have that are entering their third year of NBA experience, heck, Rudy Gay's got whatever it is, like 13 years of NBA, 15 years of NBA experience. You're like, what are what are we doing here? It just feels like the Warriors really, really, really wanted to win that game again their choice and it was up to the lakers young guys to step up and get the job done they weren't able to do it but let's master lock steve kerr on top of that the challenges come on steve come on steve do we really need challenges in a preseason game yeah didn't think so let's put steve kerr in the master lock and i'm pretty sure chris masters could lock on a particularly vicious master lock on steve kerr not a big dude. 
All right. Avi B said, with our depth, Ham can play all the starters less than 35 minutes. Spurs pop was amazing, playing all less than 30 minutes in 13-14 year. By the way, uh, a good game week five in fantasy football. I wouldn't brag. Um, yeah. Yeah, week five. So we've got our Lakers Nation uh, listener league for fantasy football. That's up and running. And let me see, where am I at right now in that league? I know it's not been great. I haven't had a great, I've been okay. I've been okay. Okay, I'm two and three. I'm two and three on the season. Not ideal, certainly, but I'm hanging in there. I'm not doing as well as I would have would have hoped. Not doing as well as I would have hoped in this league. We'll see what ultimately winds up happening. Um, right now, I am in... Oh, I don't see the standings pulled up right now. Uh, there we go. I'm in eighth. I'm in eighth. I'm getting there. Avi B is sitting there in fifth place ahead of me. Three and two. Go ahead. Gloat away. You deserve it. Philly P. Any word what's going to happen with the 15th spot? Could a two-way be moved up? Uh, they could, but I think what we're going to see happen with the two-way is it's going to remain open for the uh, for the buyout market. The buyout market coming up in March after the trade deadline. Guys who aren't going to stick with the team, uh, especially veterans that have one year left on their deal. A lot of them will start getting bought out by teams that aren't going to make the playoffs. And the Lakers will be, I think, one of the prime landing spots. There'll be other teams too, but the Lakers will definitely be in the mix to add some extra firepower on the buyout market. So I think the Lakers will just keep that 15 spot open. Until then, you don't have to uh, you don't have to do that. You don't have to to fill the 15th roster spot. Um, so they're gonna leave it open. And that's been their MO for a little while now, is to leave that spot open. Uh, Tabe said, when does the chat make you tired, Trev? Oh, I mean, I do get tired eventually. But uh, right now, I'm just excited that Lakers basketball is back and that we're getting to talk about games that are happening and all that kind of stuff. So I'm not tired right now. I'm I'm with it. I'm here. Super dope hip-hop, who I know, look, is from Indiana, has spent time watching JHS. So I, I'm really curious about his take here. So JHS, his shot is off for sure but he has time and the work ethic to fix. You know what? I can tell you guys, I know his work ethic is part of what caused the Lakers to draft him. So that's a great point. Five assists and four other wide open threes. Uh, scrubs missed, plus another uh, others missed. AD, Austin Reeves, D'Lo, and Ham didn't say JHS looked great for their health. That's another good point. And I, I think that's that's good and bad. Um. A bunch of players and coaches, right? And Darvin Ham coming out of training camp, they named JHS the MVP of day one. They were ranting and raving about how good he looked. And what happened was expectations went sky high. Because, of course, we're, oh my gosh, this guy's tearing it up in training camp. He must really be good. I don't think they were lying. I don't think they lied about that. But that hasn't translated into the games yet. But the fact that they're seeing it in training camp, in practice, that tells you that it's just a matter of time before it does translate into a game environment. Game environment's different than a, than a practice environment. But nonetheless, he's doing that well. That's a great sign. 
that's a great sign that he's doing so well that the coach has got to call him out and call him the MVP when he's playing with LeBron, AD, D'Lo, Gabe Vince, you know, all these guys, all these veterans that have been around playing with all these guys, and he's the MVP. So, I, I again, I think it's too early to be out on JHS, and I think Super Dope Hip Hop makes a good point here about the compliments he was getting from his teammates, from his coach. They're not just saying that for anything. And the hope is that sooner rather than later, what the Lakers are seeing in training will materialize on the floor. I was hoping it was going to be today, but the shooting just wasn't there. Uh, the Santos said Castleton is impressive. I love what I'm seeing. This was his best game. This was his best preseason performance. I liked what we saw out of him as well. Thought he was good in this one. Um, did a nice job contesting and blocking shots. I think he, I think he pulled back too much. See, one of the knocks on him was that he was overly aggressive going after blocks, and that actually caused him to pick up fouls and be out of position and things like that. I think he overcorrected a little bit to where we didn't see him quite aggressive enough going after blocks. And in this game, it felt like he found a happy medium. He was contesting and blocking shots without being overly aggressive. That was good to see. Had a few little shots around the rim. And so I, I liked what we saw out of Colin Castle and the rebounding. That's been a question mark for him. Can he be strong enough, physical enough with guys in the paint to go up and get boards? And I thought he did a nice job uh, against an, an admittedly small Warriors team. But still, Castleton took advantage of that. So this was indeed, I think, his best preseason performance. Again, he's one of the guys on a two-way contract along with Alex Fudge and Des Moines Hodge. So he's going to get opportunities with the South Bay Lakers. And he's certainly a guy to keep an eye on that could someday, not right now, but someday, he may battle his way up to the Lakers. Philly P, oh man, I 100% agree with this. Philly P says, Prince on the biannual exception was a steal. I was, let me tell you, I was shocked. Shocked when Minnesota declined their option on Torian Prince. They had him at like $7 million and change. And Minnesota said, nah, no thanks, we're going to let you go. Now they had some other cap, they, there were cap reasons why they did this. But, I thought, man, Torian Prince, like he's a he's a bargain. He's a bargain on that contract at $7 million and change. So when the Lakers got it, and by the way, I, I got word, I want to say it was like 15 minutes. I heard about 15 minutes before the news broke that the Lakers were going to get him. And I even once, even once I heard it, I went, no, I don't think so. This doesn't this doesn't seem right. I can't imagine they're going to get him. And at first, and my first question was, is it the mid-level exception? And when I heard that was no, I went, this can't be right. It can't be right. So I was very pleasantly surprised when the news indeed broke that they were getting Torian Prince and they got him for the biannual exception. They got him for four and a half million. He's a steal. He's a steal at that price. And again, he's not going to shoot this great forever, but a three and D style wing. That's the caliber of shooter. that Prince is, I mean, getting a guy of his talent level of his ability at his position, especially for four and a half million. It's a smoking bargain. That's incredible. And you know what that comes down to people question all the time. You know what? 
what's the benefit of having Darvin Ham? Is Darvin even a good coach? And all that kind of stuff. Without Darvin Ham, the Lakers don't have Torian Prince. He's building these, he's got relationships. Without Darvin Ham, the Lakers don't have Christian Wood. Anscape had a great piece on that today about the relationship Darvin Ham has cultivated with Christian Wood for years since he came into the NBA. Torian Prince was one of Darvin's guys and he winds up coming to the team. And look, that's not unique to Darvin Ham. We see that happen with other players in the NBA too. But Darvin's ability to connect to players is something that you have to give him credit for. They don't get Torian Prince. They don't get Christian Wood without Darvin and his ability to make these connections. <clears throat> Alex Amerling said, we're so deep. Torian should start and Rui should be the sixth man. The Lakers are indeed a very deep team. I think that during the regular season, it'll be hard not to have a 10-man rotation. Even if that's not the norm for most teams, the Lakers are going to have a 10-man rotation. Maybe some nights we see 11 guys. Like, I think they have 11 legit guys that they can play. Of their 14, if everybody's healthy, my guess right now, again, don't write off Cam Reddish, but my guess right now is Cam Reddish will be on the outside looking into the rotation, even though I liked what we saw from him defensively. Um, JHS and Maxwell Lewis will be out of the rotation as well. They're rookies, to be expected. Everybody else, all 11 remaining players, I think has a legitimate argument to be a rotation player for this team. And Darwin's going to have to figure that out. He's going to have to figure out how to get everybody on the floor and injuries and things like that will simplify that decision. But if everybody is healthy, the Lakers are going to have good players on their bench not getting as many minutes as they should. That's just reality. But that's a great, great problem to have. Great problem for the Lakers to have. And Legend said, uh, Jackson better get his act together. Colin incoming. I, I've liked what we've seen from Jackson Hayes. I don't think that Jackson Hayes... By the way, I think this is the first game where Jackson Hayes has missed a shot so far for the Lakers. I don't think that uh, Colin is going to come take Jackson Hayes' spot anytime soon. I don't think so. Alex said, you need DJ Moore for your fantasy team. Dude is nuts. DJ Moore is my guy. That's my, I've got him on two different dynasty teams. Um, he's my guy. He's my guy. He's the guy that I've targeted in a lot of drafts and all that. I don't happen to have him, I believe in that league, but I've got him in like, I think I'm in like seven leagues or something. He's in, I want to say I have him on like four teams. That's my guy. That's my guy for sure. And he blew up last week, which was fantastic. I basically won the won the week in a bunch of leagues on Thursday, which was great. And uh, we should have traded the number 17 pick and Bamba for a big. So that may have been an option for the Lake. Now, again, I'm not saying it was an option like they had something on the table, but you could have picked up Bamba's contract for next year at 10 million, combined the 17 pick, and then gone out and traded for it and brought in some salary. Now, maybe the consequence of doing that, though, is you no longer have the mid-level exception to offer Gabe Vincent. Maybe you just have a taxpayer mid-level and that changes that there. So there's a domino effect to this, right? It doesn't happen in a vacuum. And we have to keep that in mind. But that could be one of the criticisms that you could talk about with the front office, that they didn't flip the number 17 pick into win-now help. They instead took JHS. Look, if JHS continues to struggle shooting forever, 
then yeah, you look and you say, man, they, they probably should turn that into something else. I don't think that's going to be the case though. I, again, I think it's too early to judge on, on JHS. A lot of people saying, oh, they should have drafted Cam Whitmore and all that. Maybe that'll be, maybe that's, that'll be where we land. But we can't, can't land there after four preseason games. It's just too early. It's just too early to do that. Um, all right. I do appreciate everybody for joining in today. Oh, and there's Tony. We've got a new member coming in. Appreciate all of you guys who have joined up with uh, for the LakersNation.com YouTube channel memberships, whether it's an all-star level membership, a starter level, level membership. Welcome in. Again, before I get out of here, stressing though, nothing being taken away, anything like that from the channel. Um, just some extra content and opportunities to help support the channel and keep us growing and all that kind of stuff. All right, everybody. I do appreciate you guys joining. Um, got another game coming up on Sunday. We'll be on playback for that. Playback.tv slash Lakers Nation. Come hang out with us during the game. We all watch the game together. It's a really good time. Playback.tv slash Lakers Nation on Sunday for Lakers versus Bucks. And then right after that game, we'll go live right here again on the Lakers Nation YouTube channel and break everything down. That is not the end, though, because now it's time for the Lakers Nation post-post game show with Sean Davis. Podcast listeners, appreciate all of you. Make sure you do give us a five-star rating and review over on Apple Podcasts. That's going to do it for me tonight. Till next time, everybody. See ya. And stay safe. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.